Now let me tell you something, sister. I'm singing your name, no twister. Gonna steal your stuff away, oh, my sister. So we sure ain't got a whole lot of time. Hallelujah. So shake your shimmy, sister. Cause honey, this shook is feeling fine. Why do I have to do that then? Not sure, man. Yeah, I'm running late, so just meet me at the let out. Y'all trying to get in, but I'm trying to get out. Getting robbed, get shot at the let out. Heels in her hand while she leaving out the let out. I'ma meet my mans at the mud, mud let out. Praying on the five, see a five, with her tail out. Oh, I can't wait, I can't wait until they get out. We be pressing sand when we meet up at the let out. Of Atlanta, oh yes, Saints, our beloved goons and ain'ts. Welcome back to the let out where it ain't no holleration in this dancery. Got it. Got Keep it. you percolating <laughs> while you waiting. While you waiting. So just dance for me. Cause you only got a matter of time before you get loose and start to lose your mind. Line this ham. That's good. I'm, you know. I wonder what Mary was going through at that time. Because don't nobody like the up Mary. We only enjoy the broken Mary. Well, I'm not going to cry. I'm I'm not going to cry. cry. I'm not going to shed no tears. What else? No, I'm not going to cry. You're not the time. Because you're not worth my tears. Thank you, Jesus. He delivered me from being the lover and the secretary. <laughs> First of all. Oh, hell. Like, are you okay? It was just the soundtrack of going wow. through. It was. My life, my life, my life, life. Then she got, you know, herself together. And then she said, I'm just fine, 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 fine. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> you got to add that. Yeah. Welcome back to the let out. Shout out to all of the people who take it upon themselves every week to threaten us via hate mail. I mean, iMessage, DM. This is for you. Stop running up on us. Thank you. Thank you. So I am MacBride. Hello. You know who you are? Uh, yeah. I am Charday. <laughs> Are you all right? Wait, Martin. Yeah. We here. uh... (laughs) You need some sugar. (laughs) She needs some milk. Ew. So what happens when your church puts you on a 75-day fast? It do feel like we moving in slow motion, though. Oh, my God. This has been the longest fast that we've ever been on. Woman of God. It hasn't. But it just (laughs) feels like Like, it's been forever. Don't gas it, because it's not. And when we come around the fire, right. I'm going to just move my membership that whole month before. 
and just come back like where the party is. Uno out, skip me. Listen, reverse back to you <laughs> and this fasting, draw four, Uno out. So what is happening this week in our world? Fam, the block has been so hot. I just, I never in a million years would have thought that we would be where we are as a nation. Without fail, every day something happens where I am either looking at my television or I'm looking at my phone on CNN like, get me out, Jesus. Listen. Get me out today. I am really thinking about going back to Ghana, like, to live permanently. Yeah. Your, your president, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I told you once, I'll say it again. My president is black. My Lambo is blue. You can take that however you want. Shout out to Young Jeezy, but uh, I just... So we are day 25. I mean... Into this doggone governmental shutdown. Which is the longest recorded government shutdown in American history. And this man is not budging about this wall that he declared Mexico was going to build. Mexico's looking at the U.S. like, girl, who? 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 <laughs> who? Who? Uh, what? You thought. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was that? And I mean, he literally ran in 2016 on the platform that he would build, that this wall would be built and that Mexico would pay for it. Yes. And it's like, fam, like, did you expect Mexico to write a check paid to the order of the United <laughs> States <laughs> with wall written in the memo notes? Listen, and I'm still trying to figure out where Silk and Diamond is at. We need to have the police to stop by their house to do a, uh, a wellness check. They on furlough <laughs> <laughs> with everybody else. So we're in a partial governmental shutdown. Mm -hmm. Day 25, as McBride has said, of the 800,000 federal employees that are affected by this partial shutdown, about 380,000 have been placed on unpaid leave. What was that number again? I'm sorry. 380,000 people have been placed on unpaid leave. Okay, say that one more time for the people in the back. 380,000 people have been placed on unpaid leave. I'm not too sure people are really coming into the awareness of how dangerous this is. So that means that um, those individuals that work for federal prisons, mm -hmm. they're no longer going to work. Mm -hmm. um, TSA, mm -hmm. a lot of those individuals are no longer showing up to work. Mm -hmm. Traffic control officers mm -hmm. who got our planes in are no longer FAA, showing up. federal aviation. All of that. Absolutely. All of that. The CIA, the FBI. And it's also reported that for the first time in history, the Coast Guard has gone without pay. Yeah. And I want to say that one of the admirals, don't quote me, but I believe his name is Carl Schultz. Mm -hmm. He put out a announcement to the military, the Coast Guard, basically saying that they were able to 
partner with, I want to say it's USAA, and they are going to donate $15 million wow. to distribute to military and civilian workers to wow. help them wow. through this hump. And it's so crazy because with this breakdown, this federal breakdown, the levels of desperation. Yes literally goes through the root. It's like you can smell it mm -hmm. in the air. Mm -hmm. So with desperation rising, you can absolutely anticipate lawlessness yes. and spikes in crime yes. in cities around the nation. Yes. And it's a temper tantrum yes. that, again, your president, your president is having about a wall. Are you okay? And... I, I consistently sit with the question, God, how should we be praying through this? Because there are innocent people who are suffering at the hands of a tyrant. Literally, even as it relates to those who are getting, uh, I think it's the SNAP mm -hmm. relief mm -hmm. food stamps, mm -hmm. people who actually need assistance like they're left out mm -hmm. with no net, no Nothing. safety guard rail or anything. And it's because you want a $5.7 billion wall mm -hmm. built. Mm -hmm. And when, whenever you say that, my mind always think about those grandparents who are part of the Brewsters, you know, those individuals that were born in the 1930s, 1940s, some even the 1920s who are currently having to raise their great-grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Grandmama, pop-pop them, they're in their 80s and their 90s, some even their, you know, late 70s. They're not able to go out and work. They're not, the, <laughs> the times have changed and they have these mouths of babies to feed and the only way that they were able to do so was through governmental assistance in the form of SNAP, in the form of having food stamps, and now that is coming to a screeching halt. I'm concerned, as a human, I'm concerned, but internally, I don't, again, I don't sense the urgency, and it, it leaves me in a place where I'm consistently asking, like, God, am I off? Like, am I missing it? But even and all that I see that is taking place within the news, there's still like such a peace that I have internally. And I'm like, okay, am I frolicking like I'm the Larlicks? <laughs> you know, am, am I frolicking like this is a walk through the daisies? Like, God, if there's a level of urgency that I need in the natural, wake me up. Because I don't want to be found out here without. Khalees said, caught out there. Mm-mm. She consequently followed that up with, I hate you so much right now. But that's, she did. Neither, that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. Along with this whole governmental shutdown, your president Yours. decides to have a fast food banquet with the Clemson football team. So I don't know how many of you all are football fanatics, but you know, Clemson had a big win. A big win over Alabama. Roll Tide. Um, and it was definitely unexpected. Well, he invited these students, these student athletes, up to the White House and fam. He fed them 300-plus burgers from McDonald's, pizzas, and a whole bunch of other foolishness because the White House cooking staff is on furlough. 
Man of God, are you okay? He is not okay, fam. There were literally pictures of sweet and sour sauce. Was in the White House, and then on That's top so of on top of that, your president took to Twitter early this morning <laughs> to say that he fed the Clemson Tigers hamburgers. Hamburgers. You know he's not okay. Hamburgers. And as many, you know, I'm not that popular. I know that I'm not that popular. But whenever I make a post, I always read. People know you. Over it. Like, I read over what it is that I'm posting. And even if I do post something, I still go back and reread it. So if it don't make sense to me after I've posted it, I'm going back and I'm deleting it. The man of God left it up. Let me tell y'all how Broderick McBride (laughs) sends a text message with a typo. And we'll continue to send text Until to correct, correct what he has said. And if he cannot get it correct, he will have a whole meltdown. Like, no, are, you, you. are you okay? Mm-mm. I can't. That makes me itch. You need commas, semicolons, parentheses. You need that stuff. Right subject verb agreement. This man of God will literally say, just forget everything that I just said. Sharday. Let's do this over. Your president. Hamburgers. Hamburgers. Your president fed these students trash food on fine china. These student athletes are not used to eating junk food. At all. The school pays for them to have the best. That part. Are you going to feed them that? Okay. That's your president, man. Yours. You voted him in. Oh, Uh, What was that? (laughs) What was that? Don't have me on this podcast cussing. What was that? Oh, God. (laughs) That like the... Get me out. Get me out today, Jesus. You voted them in. They almost hijacked me. We gonna move on in Jesus' name. So, have y'all been catching up with the Surviving R. Kelly documentary? The Lifetime documentary? This is too much and not enough. So for those of you all that maybe you've been somewhere under a rock, there has been a series of, I believe, hour-long films that have come out about these individuals that have gotten caught up in alleged sex cults with the artist um, R. Kelly. It has been earth-shattering. Six episodes um, that was spearheaded by executive producer Dream Hampton. And they literally did their due diligence to retell and recount the narrative of R. Kelly being a sexual predator. And it's not just off-the-cuff conjecture. No. It is literal receipts yes court documents all of this yes they literally put together an airtight documentary on this dude and i think the whole of america watched in horror and collectively said you are not okay yep yep the the thing that bothered me the most about the documentary 
was, of course, the stuff that R. Kelly has done and has allegedly done. Mm -hmm. But also those that were around him that knew what he was doing and they did nothing about it. The tour managers, the background singers, his his security. Jesus. Like, even his brothers. Some of the foolishness that his brothers were saying. I'm like, what in the world? He paid his team. Yes, to go to malls in the cities that they visited to get underage females. Fam. And the crazy thing about it too, it seemed as if, from what I saw from the documentary, you can correct me if I'm wrong because you're a Chicago native. But from what I understand, even the city of Chicago like, they already knew what R. Kelly was on because he would pull up to the schools that and would, like, park his car to wait for the sweet sugars to come out of class and to scoop him up. Am I am I wrong? That part, I think so many people have failed him from his adolescence yes. on into adulthood and even as being this superstar celebrity. Yes. They made provisions for... Sick, like that man, it is something wrong with him. More more than anything, for me, it also brought out a lot of toxicity within our communities. Yeah. Because even while watching the documentary and looking at the real-time tweets, Facebook posts, and even even Instagram posts, one of the things that I quickly identified um, was this whole toxic culture of blaming the victims. Rape culture. Rape culture. Yeah. Um, I heard grandmas say, which the the, the little fast tail girls, you know, <clears throat> blaming those babies for the things that happened to them. Um, I also saw a lot of individuals defending R. Kelly and saying, this is quote unquote, the white man's ploy to destroy the black man because there have been white men and women who have been guilty of this and nobody has gone after them but because R. Kelly is a man of African descent now they're coming after him well wait what we're not going to do is that you know R. Kelly if he is proven guilty of doing what has been allegedly presented he needs to be persecuted to the full extent of the law. Absolutely. The mess that he has done to these babies, to their families, Charday, this thing is going to live on in them for a number of years. I dare say that a lot of the stuff that he did to them is actually going to outlive them and is going to embed itself in their bloodline if there are not opportune moments taken for internal, I mean some deep healing. The way those girls, even with them telling their story, you can see moments where they found themselves back into the room. The the yeah, yeah. the young lady who was 35 years old, I think she was the oldest. Yeah, that went to the house. That went to the house. Yes. Oh my God. If you have not seen Surviving R. Kelly, I think it's the last episode. This young lady, she was the oldest. She was 35 years old at the time when she hooked up with R. Kelly. She goes back to the house that was kind of like their sex cave. And there was a particular room that he kept her locked in, allegedly. This woman could not step foot into the room. She literally has a meltdown on TV to the point to where she has to get out of the house altogether. And you could tell that this wasn't acting. 
This wasn't scripted. It wasn't any of that. It was like she walked by the door. And of, she was real-time triggered. Yes. Absolutely. Just from walking by a door? Like, what What have you done? There are so many things that happened over the course of those six episodes that I have absolutely, tr- I have trouble reconciling. Sparkle is so problematic to me. Yes. If you are privy to the fact that there are rumors swirling around about this man's behavior, you then become acclimated to his production team and you begin to see the confirmation of said rumors and you still bring your niece. Ma'am, what is wrong with you? Fam, somebody, she can catch a fade. Yeah. Her and those bangs that she sat on that documentary with. You were... (laughs) Not just Sparkle, but even some of those parents. Because from Listen. what I perceived, a lot of the parents actually sold their daughters out for the sake of a come-up. That part. It's impossible for me, and I, I don't have children, and I'm not married. But in my single, sober mind, it is impossible for me to see something happen to my baby, my child, that I, I, I helped to birth into the earth. You do something to mine, fam, I got to knock you off. I did it. I did it. I have an issue with the daddies who have not done anything, who consistently allowed their daughters to go around, although, you know, they had unctions, they had questions, they heard about what was going on in the news, and they thought, well, that would never happen to my baby. No, you were caught up in a check. I got issues. There's one family that has a child named Azriel. Mm-hmm. The way that she was introduced to R. Kelly is the wife brought tickets for the husband and herself to go see R. Kelly. They had a third ticket and gave it to their then 17-year-old daughter to whom was called upon stage the night of the concert and taken backstage. None of this is okay. Like, Because my daughter wasn't going. You 17. And I know, number one, I know what R. Kelly is singing about. Number two, I know all of this gyration that you're doing on the stage. Ain't no way in the ham sandwich my 17-year-old baby is getting up there on stage with a man who's my contemporary for him to grind, gyrate, lick, and lap on my child. It's not happening under... I got hot. Woo-hoo! Woo! That's why we keep bail money around. Jesus Lamont Christ. Charday, that wouldn't have been able to happen on my watch. That part. And we would have shut the concert down. <laughs> Ain't no more concert. Fam. Ain't no honey love. Ain't no bump and grind. Ain't no happy people. We all mad up in this this piece. And the hilarious. <laughs> Jesus. Just, we, woosa. <laughs> I have to swallow that down. Woosa. And then the men, the men, wait, the men that were on the documentary yes. that had all of this mouth and lip to, t- to say about R. Kelly, but now stuff is coming up on them. Insert one Mr. Torre, who is responsible for one of the most infamous yes. 
interviews with, with R. R. Kelly. Um, I believe it aired on BET. No, this was MTV. It was MTV. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he interviews R. Kelly, and this is the same interview where he asked R. Kelly yes. if he was attracted yes. to underage or teenage girls. What do you mean and- by teenage? Teenage, man! It makes my skin crawl. So, Toure is literally all up and through this docuseries, Surviving R. Kelly, and it comes out, I want to say it was January 10th, that he was accused of sexual harassment from a makeup artist on a show that he and his team did. Yeah. The girl didn't just make allegations. She provided receipt upon receipt mm-hmm. of interactions and even an apology. Dude was apologizing in her DM. So it's like, fam, this is so problematic. You're talking about R. Kelly and the egregiousness of his maneuvers and behaviors, and you out here... You out here. It's the same thing with Charlemagne. Yes. Um, Charlemagne from The Breakfast Club. Yeah. He also was an individual that caught um, a little bit of of flack because there were rape allegations as it relates to him. Yeah, yeah. The most problematic thing that I, I even saw as well... And this is just speaking from the perspective of being a black man in the United States of America. There is a problem when we don't step up to the plate and we refuse to protect and also extend value to the women in our lives and also our children, be it boys or girls. Because what we cannot deny is that something happened to R. Kelly. And his brothers as well. Because you cannot pay me to believe that something in that oldest brother, Bruce, something is not off in his mental. The fact that you can sit and come out of your face and say, I like older women. Mm -hmm. My brother likes younger women. What's the big deal about my my brother? Sir. Sir. He's a criminal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think with a lot of these um, allegations finally coming to the surface and people are showing up with receipts now, people are documenting things across the board. All adults need to be aware of children, period, Mm -hmm. being prey to sexual predators. Even while watching um, Surviving R. Kelly, it took me to a place, right? Um, I was molested. At an early age, I was molested at the age of five mm-hmm. by a uh, male relative, and from the age of seven until around eleven or twelve, um, I was molested by a female relative. Right? Mm-hmm. There were even moments where I consistently thought about things that adult women mm-hmm. did as a kid, and I'm like, wait. I forgot all about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And now as an adult, I'm like, uh, I may need to go back and talk to my therapist about this. As much as we watch out for our daughters, 
we also need to watch out for our sons as well because a predator doesn't care if it's in the body of a man or a woman. Facts. A predator is looking for spoil. A predator is looking for an easy kill. And if we are not intentional about protecting our children and pushing people to places of health, and wholeness and healing on the inside of them, we will have an entire generation of R. Kelly type monsters tiptoeing through our church services, our family reunions, our functions, birthday parties, Sly and their Stacey Adams and Jordans. That thing has to be checked immediately and a part of also checking it is that we can no longer be silent about it absolutely there literally needs to be conversation Mm -hmm. surrounding the fact that we let women sexualize our boys Mm -hmm. there's no reason under no circumstance should a grown woman come to a child and say you so fine you so you my boyfriend yeah hey hubby there's, mm-hmm. There is something that is wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And if we spend energy to look after our girls, we need to keep that same energy Please. and protect Please. our young men. Please, because it is happening. It is a strong reality. And if you know that something like that is going on, or even if you have an inclination that somebody is a predator who is targeting children, who is targeting a a predator, period. Your silence is just as egregious as their act of being a predator. There are a plethora, a multiplicity, if you will, of people who will be held accountable for the sin of silence. The sin of silence, yes, yes. And this culture of secrecy, that we have um, created within the African-American mm-hmm. community. We need to do away with this mm-hmm. because there are victims that are hiding in yes. plain, plain sight. Yes. And there are predators. Yes. And there are monsters that are hiding in plain sight. They're in our schools. Mm-hmm. They're in our churches. Yes. And there really needs to be a conversation. Hey, body of Christ. Yep. Now, what I will say, who I applaud, and I don't care how the Saints feel about her, but I love her. Iyanla Van Zandt. Mama Odie? Huh? I love me some Iyanla. R. Kelly's group reached out to her for her to possibly do an Iyanla Fix My Life with R. Kelly. And she said, not on my watch. Iyanla who? Not today, beloved. (laughs) Not today, beloved. What? (laughs) That thing blessed me. She said, no, you're not going to use this as a, as a moment or an opportunity to, number one, keep yourself popular. Number two, to come on my show, use my notoriety and my name, and not get the healing that you need. You don't need to be on my show. Come and sit on my couch. You don't need to, you don't need to be on my show. Go and turn yourself in. Release these women. That's what you need to do. That part. She did a interview with WBLS and she basically stated that the first step of fixing your life and receiving healing, you know, and doing the work of healing is number one, being willing. Mm -hmm. And she says that there is no way that she would believe that the women that he is holding in his quarters 
are willing and ready to do the, the healing and the work of soul maturation. That is so powerful. That, that, that is so powerful. And we're going to move on. We're not going to beat this into the ground. But you really got a chance to see textbook, I mean, down to the T cases yep. of Stockholm Syndrome. Absolutely. The way, even with the sweet baby, her mom went to the hotel to kid her. Yeah. Dominique, I believe that was her name. Even after Dominique's mom breaks her out of the hotel and they run and get in an unmarked vehicle. At the end, I think, of episode five, it actually says that Dominique went back to R. Kelly for like three days. And eventually she said, okay, enough is enough. And she is now on the up and up and she's away for real. But my mind even struggled through, this man has you thin, he's cut all of your hair off. Absolutely. You're no longer looking like a woman. And... Tatted up. Yeah. Basketball shorts, all of that. Yeah. And it really shows you that in the context of lust, mm -hmm. in the Ooh. context of perversion, oh, yes. there are no bounds. Oh, oh yes. And you will find yourself in mm -hmm. situations, you will find yourself in scenarios where you are doing the very thing that you said I would never do, mm -hmm. the very thing that you said, oh, that's beneath me. Lust has no bounds. He literally turned this woman into a male. Isn't there a scripture that talks about um, how sin and lust and perversion, they have no, no, um, essentially it says that they would never be filled. Like they're always aggressively yeah, the pursuing. Yeah, yeah. Always hungry. Always looking for the next. It, it can't, it can never be satisfied. Yeah. That's what it is. It can never be satisfied. That's so, that's so interesting. I don't even know how to sit through and pray really about the R. Kelly situation, but what I have been burdened to pray for um, is for both the predator, but also the prey as well. Because life continues even after the moment of being um, attacked or being subjected to somebody else's dominance. Life will consistently go on for you, and a lot of individuals will do life in secrecy because they are ashamed of what happened to them, they will see life through um, toxic lens and views um, that will affect their ability to move forward in life. My prayer has been that those individuals who have experienced any level of abuse, whether it's sexual, mental, psychological, physical, verbal, whatever, is that number one, if you are in it, Holy Spirit gives you the boldness to get out but number two, you're also surrounded by a community of strong individuals who will not shroud you in silence, but they will push you to find your voice and will step up to the plate and be the voice if need be. Because ain't no way in the ham sandwich, Sade Martin, excuse me, can call me and say, <laughs> you will not put my whole government name on this podcast going around and listen, Jesus Christ. There's no way possible that Charday Martin can call me and say, I'm being abused. And I not move mountains? Charday, what? Because first of all, I'm throwing out the window speaking in tongues. You gonna get the 
you gonna get you these gonna hands, get... and you just might get a bullet. Man, listen. All right. There has to. Oh my God. There has to be so many conversations. There has to be. There has to be. So many conversations because at the end of the day, something has to be said about the fact that this man is hiding underneath the guise of his creativity, which literally allows him to be in plain sight and nobody pays attention to it. And it happens every single day where it's almost as if if you look at his dis his discography, if you look at, at the trap in uh, the closet mm -hmm. saga, it puts you in a different mindset because it's like, fam, are you Aaron? Like, are you venting your heart? Mm -hmm. Are you telling on yourself? That makes my skin crawl. You seem like you ready. Were you my singing mind, about somebody's baby? Listen, my mind's telling me no. But Age my body's ain't nothing saying but a number. Yes. I don't want to hurt nobody, but there's something Ooh. that I must confess. You were talking about a 14-year-old. Nasty. Your body is like an ignition. Let me turn the key or let me put the key in. Something like that. Didn't he have something with the key in an ignition? Is that R. Kelly? It no? is. Okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, it's it's much. It's much. But I, I don't want us to get stuck there. Um, He's trapped in the closet. Please let him out of the closet. Oh, it, it seems like it just goes downhill after walking from R. Kelly. But uh, I promise you we're moving on. I even have a problem with the evangelicals. That after the first case, the Paula Whites. The only Paula that I acknowledge <laughs> is Patton. The way that them saints got on TBN and Robo Shade and Huckabucked all around R. Kelly and laid hands on him and declared this to be an attack from hell. Where are, number one, beloved, where is your discernment? But number two, where are you now? In the White House with Trump eating Big Mac. All right. So moving on. Next on the block oh, is now high. You talk over me. <laughs> Next okay. on the block is high. You don't want to hear that gospel. <laughs> eating hamburgers. <laughs> hamburgers. So in LA, political mega donor Ed Buck. And if you don't know who Ed Buck is, please Google him. Ed Buck has, for the second time, had a black man's body removed from his home from a possible overdose type situation. So, just to give you a little background behind this, Ed Buck is a major political donor specifically towards the Democratic Party. Um, when he also Yes, activist. Yes. 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 This man is very known. He has strong prowess, especially with getting in big money for donors. He's in part of the reason why California is such a blue state. But back in 2017, July 2017 to be exact, African American young man Jamel Moore, 26 years of age was found dead within Ed Buck's apartment from an apparent drug overdose. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks ago, same instance happened where 55-year-old Tim Dean was found dead 
in Ed Buck's apartment. Sources say, according to the LA, LA Times, that all types of drug nailia was found in the apartment. Empty bags with white substances, um, pipes that had been used to smoke certain substances were found. A whole lot of stuff was found within this man's apartment. The crazy thing is, is that each time these black men were removed from Buck's apartment, Buck was present at the time of their death. Now, I ain't saying that Buck has done anything illegal. I'm not saying that at all. But fam, just looking at it for what it is, it legit seems as if we are living in a real-time get-out movie situation. I guarantee you any amount of money that if Ed Buck was a black man, mm-hmm. Who was killing white women or gay and white men? Gay white men mm-hmm. that he would not be underneath the jail. Now, a caveat to that: I also would wager any amount of money to the point that if R. Kelly was victimizing Listen. white women, Listen. that he would not be underneath the jail as well. Listen. Listen. It's, it's interesting. And Ed Buck, no charges have been brought up against him. The investigations that they do pull, they come to a screeching halt almost immediately. Charday, this is an interesting time that we are living in. There was a, a quick snippet that I found um, from a lot of Jamel Moore's and also Tim Dean's friends, but specifically Jamel Moore's friends. Jamel ended up journaling a couple of weeks before he was found dead at Ed Buck's apartment, where he literally says that Ed Buck got him addicted to meth. So from what I gather from it, individuals who are part of the homosexual community there, um, some of them are escorts. And Ed Buck has a type, and his type is specifically African-American men. He goes to the clubs that they will be at, he picks them up. He gives them a couple of thousand of dollars. They go to his home, and a part of their agreement is that they do drugs with them. He gives them different types of drugs to see how their bodies will respond to these drugs, and it goes too far at times. Isn't, I, mm. isn't there reports that talk about his online... Yes. Maneuvers. Yes. With, I think it, the site is Adam, Adam for Adam. Adam. Mm-hmm. Hiding in plain sight. Hiding in plain sight. So nobody touches you because of your political prowess. Nobody touches you because of your money bag. And here we are having innocent people dying unjustly. It's an interesting time. To be alive. Um, I don't even know how to pray through about this whole Ed Buck thing because we transition from R. Kelly to Ed Buck and it's like predator to predator. It's something in that on 2019. I yeah. literally believe that 2019 will be a year where we will see the Lord position himself as 
a vindicator. Mm. Um, I truly believe that he is coming. The Lord is coming for his sons and daughters. Amen. And he will violently deal with their oppressors. That's real. And we don't, it's like theologically, we skate by the understanding that God is the, like, he's a God of the oppressed. Is the God of the oppressed. James Cone, look him up. The God of the oppressed by Dr. James Cone. It is a real thing. It is a real thing. Jasmine Barnes. Yeah. Seven-year-old baby girl who was gunned down in her mother's car. I believe her mother was injured. Mm-hmm. She was buried, I believe, last week. Yes. And there was widespread clamor about those who were responsible for her death. There was a white man ID'd initially for um, having shot her and her mother. Yeah. Come to find out, there were two African-American young men yeah. who actually were responsible. Um, Larry Woodruff, 24, and Eric Black Jr., who's 20, were charged uh, for capital murder in the death of Jasmine Barnes. Yeah. So investigators say that Woodruff fired eight shots into Jasmine Mother's car early on Sunday, December the 30th, killing the seven-year-old and injuring her mother. The shooting was reportedly a case of mistaken identity with the gunfire stemming as a retaliation from an earlier fight that didn't involve Jasmine's family. Jesus. On Woodruff's now-deleted Instagram, a photo was posted after the deadly shooting of the co-defendants in it, Woodruff was showing off a fan of cash, and Eric Black is flashing gang signs. Yeah. Th- this is crazy. When I saw them being um, being arraigned, my my heart dropped. Because mm-hmm. you you would have never thought that it would be them. You know the the circumstances around this baby losing her life senselessly in and of itself is definitely heart-wrenching. But for these individuals to say, oh, we were going after a rival gang, our bad. What? <laughs> Help! I think the bigger issue, too, or one of, one of the bigger issues that, that is highlighted in this is the lack of authentic mentorship within our communities and also positive spaces to where you are able to develop a holistic identity. You know, what 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 would have been different if Eric or um, Larry would have had a man in their lives? Not saying that they didn't, but it, it just makes me wonder, what would have happened if they did have a community of men in their lives, be it black or white, that were able to give some type of wise counsel to them? Like on Friday, Craig was about to get the gun out of the out of the the drawer in his bedroom. Hey son, what's that? Yeah, yeah. And his dad gave him wisdom. Yep. 
You punks. Yeah. But you win some, you lose some. But you live. But you live. You live to fight another day. To fight day. another day. You think what? you a man with that gun in your hand. Okay, monologue. Thank you so much. I'm a man without. <laughs> but it, it just makes me wonder, you know, what... What could have happened in that moment that could have geared all of that? And what did we lose? What did the earth lose in the death of Jasmine? That baby could have had the secrets to the cure for cancer locked on the inside of her. She could have had the answers to the cure for HIV and AIDS locked in the inside of her. And that has been snatched out of the earth because of something very senseless and unnerving. Also, too, I think her death brings another level of highlight to race relations yeah. as well. The moment that we found out that it was a possibility that it could be a white man, everybody was up in arms. Um, a lot of social media personalities um, ended up posting, you know, hey, we offer up this amount of money in order to find this individual. And for them to have to now come back and apologize, mm -hmm. you know, that says a lot. Um, and the flip side of that mm -hmm. is now that it was two um, young black men who were identified, mm -hmm. there are lawmakers who are saying, uh, this is what we're saying. Yeah. This is always a problem. Yep. We need to clean up our streets. And it was to the point that the mayor of Houston tweeted in response to, I believe, the governor of Texas to say, hey, this happens widespread everywhere. Right. Like, don't use this as yes. an opportunity to highlight or platform your ideas. Keep that energy way over there. Please. But no, keep that same energy when these young white men walk into predominantly African-American churches and shoot up a prayer meeting. Because the last time I checked, you was quiet. You had nothing to say about gun regulation or keeping our street clean. You had nothing to say when a young white male in white rage jumps in his car and pile drives through a crowd of protesters. You were hushed. And that's all I'm saying. It's like, listen, as you said, keep that same energy. Keep that energy. same energy. Keep it. When one thing happens with one community, yes. you know, you want to be quiet, but if something happens where you feel like you are directly threatened, you want a Mighty Morphin Power Ranger into, you know what I'm saying, having a megaphone in your throat. Power up! Sit down. <laughs> you know... I understand the older I am becoming, the more and more I am understanding why the scripture tells us to pray for those who are in power, yeah. to pray for those who are in rulership and authority. Um, because some of the stuff that's being said, that's being done, it is impossible for me to believe that they are in their whole right mind. That part. Yeah. Legit. So on the up and up, um, Shout out to Black Hollywood, yeah, who did this amazing mecca back to the continent. They visited the country of Ghana yeah. in December. Um, they got an opportunity to go to Accra. They got an opportunity to see the slave castles. They got an opportunity to walk through 
the door of no return in celebration of people of African descent being able to go back home and celebrate our culture and really understand that we are not um, the, the children of slaves, but we are children of the enslaved or enslaved individuals, you know? Um, so, shout out to Michael J. White, yeah. who was appointed king of, what was the name of the? He was appointed by the king of Akwamu. Akwamu. The king Nana Okoto. Nana Okoto. When I tell you that thing was so powerful to me, to get on Instagram and to see this man being crowned, he and his wife, being crowned as African royalty because of what's found in their blood. That thing was so profound to see all shades of color. They're celebrating our heritage and giving homage to our predecessors. It was such, such a moving thing. I'm glad that I have soul from Ghana in my prayer room. Like, I got a little bit of that. That blessed me. That bless me. Yeah. That bless me. Wakanda forever. Because we're going to need it in these last and evil days. Because your president. <laughs> your president. Okay? And finally, with the block is hot, um, I believe a couple of weeks ago we ended up doing a segment on Kevin Hart. Or Jesus. Yeah, and his comments a couple of years ago about the LGBTQIA community. And Kevin has been apologizing. And I remember I said on the last, one of the, the last episodes of the podcast, I will be interested to see how Kevin Hart rebounds from this, right? Well, Kevin Hart has partnered with Ellen DeGeneres. He actually had a sit-down interview with Ellen. And Ellen essentially tells him, no, the Academy still wants you to do the Oscars. We still want you to host the Oscars. And... It's to the point to where now um, allies are really pushing Ellen to basically petition the Academy even the more to have Kevin there. So it, it was good to see, I guess, racial barriers be broken, but also um, identity, if you will, barriers be broken and them finding a ability to become allies for each other. That was definitely profound. So I'm excited to see whether or not if, if Kevin does officially accept the invitation to the Oscars, um, there's always an opportunity to rebound, even when you um, mishandle or mismanage moments. For me, this is a telltale sign that grace is always available. When you accept grace, I think from a place of humility. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And it goes to show that when you're in God, there's no such thing as a missed moment. Come on. Come on. Your Bible says that, and we know that all things work together. Listen. For good. Yes. To them that love God. Mm -hmm. To them who are called according to his purpose so by virtue of the fact that I love him and I am called for his purposes this has to work out even if it was a mistake and a misstep on my end yeah God can catch up time if I allow God to that part so fam so the holidays are officially over 
and now it's me season, a time for you to give to yourself. Now it goes without saying that stillness is most definitely the move out here in these let out streets. Now that it's me season, McBride and I have gifted ourselves a baboon go bag. Baboon makes technical duffel bags for all of life's adventures. Their bags use waterproof materials, are tearproof, and will last forever. Every bag comes with free shipping and a lifetime guarantee. Baboon duffels are called go bags, and they're designed to go anywhere. If you decide to take a road trip, cabin getaway, or if you're trying to get flued out, go bags are a good look for you. They come in two sizes, a small for carrying on and a large to check. Both sizes can be stuffed in a trunk, carried on your back, or dragged wherever your adventures may take you. These bags will never break, period. From business travel to desert adventures, see why Fast Company is calling it the best travel gear of 2018. Visit baboontothemoon.com and enter code MESEASON to receive 10% off your purchase. That's baboontothemoon.com, code MESEASON. One more time for the people in the back. baboontothemoon.com, code MESEASON. Now back to the show. So moving on to unpopular opinions. I just feel like I need to say before we go into this unpopular opinion that your hate mail doesn't move me. And I'm going to say what I want to say because I'm big enough to say it. Oh, we got a problem? I'm just saying, like, here's the thing. We're the friends that say what you're thinking. Right. But you just... You may not have the courage to say it, but we're going to say it. We're going to say it and be unbothered in and, the process of saying it. And if you run up on me, just make sure you can fight. Please, that's all I ask. Unpopular opinion. Beloved, I'm sorry, but here's a news flash: Black does, in fact, crack. Okay? I've been seeing this how hard has time hit you challenge up and down my timeline. Time. Molly some of us. Listen. My God. Some of y'all look like the insides of Rick James' body. Scandalous, okay? <laughs> you have not aged well. My them black and miles, God. them Newport shorts, that incredible Hulk. That MD2020. That ENJ. Listen, Irk and Jerk. That Mad Dog 2020. <laughs> Them Virginia Slims. That bleach. That lean. <laughs> them Percocets. <laughs> Fam. Percocet. Molly Percocet. E, e, e. Percocet. Molly Percocet. Didn't um, Nicki Minaj say potion and pills? Did. Pills and potions. Pills and potions. Yeah. Listen, it done caught up with a whole lot of you. Your black is cracking. Listen, the old saints used to say, your sin will find you out. And sin <laughs> has found a lot of people out. You My 20 years old, God. looking like you're 50. My God. And let's not talk about some of these shapes. How are you built up like a MacBook? All right. 
Too much? Too far? Okay, moving on. The fact that I'm looking at a MacBook just has me. Did I lie? I'm not saying that you lied, but fam, a MacBook though. Fam, built up. Body made wrong. (laughs) You remember that? (laughs) Help! (laughs) Oh God! All right, that's a popular opinion. Sheila and them from last episode. (laughs) Shell. <laughs> Heavy set. <laughs> Help us. The fact that I'm genuinely weakened by that statement, I don't know why it does. Big bone. Jesus. I look at some people that I knew growing up, and I'm like, Did we go to school together? Damn. You had to graduate with class in 1980, cause. You got kept back, fam. Had to. All right. Unpopular opinion. What happens in this house doesn't necessarily need to stay in this house. Listen. Y'all play too much. And it is this culture of silence that is running rampant Mm -hmm. within the African-American community that has us shrouded in shame. It fortifies cultures of rape. It fortifies um, mindsets that are toxic. Mm -hmm. It seems like in the black community, you can be anything but homosexual and And crazy. crazy. Don't you come up in big house (laughs) twitching, (laughs) talking about I'm with my life partner. First of all, your whole cousin is a hype on Heron stealing everybody's stuff and they okay. Ah! But you out here on Wellbutrin with your life partner and it's World War Three. Y'all gotta stop. Tell me I'm lying. Y'all, I can't breathe. And if you send me hate mail, spell my name correctly. Oh. <laughs> Y'all gotta stop, man. Get help and stop <coughs> Please get locking help. yourselves Ooh. in these cycles of secrecy. What happens in this house needs to be submitted to a therapist. And the throne. Hashtag. Get well soon. Please get well soon. Unpopular opinion. Soul food is not good for the soul or the body. Actually, it's horrible, and it is what is killing you. (laughs) That mac and cheese is going to send you to an early grave. Them chitlins that you love is going to love you down to a graveyard. Stop eating it. It's in 2020 and 19. Death to soul food. You don't need fried chicken every week. Every week. You don't need a fried pork chop every week. Every week. Why you got to have fat back in your greens, butter in your sweet potatoes, a ham, a roast, chitlins. My God. You done ate the whole pig. Uh, from the rooter to the tuna. Are we okay? Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. In the dang on refrigerator, eating up all the food, 
all the chicken, all the pig feet, all, all the hog moths. I want some of them chicklets. I love pig feet. No? Okay. Are you okay? The man of God says soul food ain't good for the soul. Please throw it away. My throw God. your plates away. And if you want to see me, see me. This message is especially for people who be eating Thanksgiving and Christmas leftovers three weeks down the line. Throw that mess away. You about to blow your stomach up. Are you? Fam. If you still eating Christmas and New Year's Eve leftovers. Black eyed peas and greens. Listen, your eyes need to cave in. You probably got worms. <laughs> if you still eating food from New Year's night, New Year, I'm saying New Year's. Write me some if you want to. New Year. You still eating food from New Year night? You're disgusting. It's disgusting. You <laughs> I wish y'all could see how he rolling his eyes. <laughs> like, I think I just threw up in the back of my throat a little bit. If you still eating them leftovers, fam, you'll eat anything. You'll eat armpit, elbows, and look, never mind. Amen. <laughs> Unpopular opinions. Vision boards. Affirmations. New Year resolutions are absolutely pointless if you don't change your mind. What you want, what you want, what you want attract is what's not in you, okay? You can write all of these affirmations you want to. You can do all of these vision boards that you desire. Stop laughing. You can do all of these daily resolutions. But if you have not allowed your inner man or your inner woman to be healed and come into a place of wholeness, beloved, you are wasting time. There needs to be a shift in your paradigms. Look, I don't care what what you write out. I don't care how much you paste and glued and taped. Congratulations. You made a phenomenal poster. But if you do not allow your paradigms to shift and your hearts to be mended, you are wasting time. Thank you for your poster. Thank you for your daily affirmations. Thank you for your resolution. But so what? Be blessed. You weak me. My You're God. back. It was touch and go for a minute. She's up. Thought we was going to have to throw the podcast away. My God. Unpopular. What's the last? <laughs> Unpopular opinion. Grandmama start looking like James Brown right around 80. Jesus. It does not matter how beautiful they start out. Right around year 80, they just look like they're about to bust out singing Sex Machine. <laughs> Grandma looking like she sings It's a Man's World. And it'll be nothing. 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 Without a woman or a girl. Them curls be tight. That skin be greasy. Listen. Looking like a slab of ribs. <laughs> Don't Ooh. walk up on me. Cause you looking at your grandmama. Like, you know, you really do look like James Brown. And it's different stages of James. It really is. Cause some grandmas look like the James from the 60s with that comb back. Mm-hmm. And then other grandmas look like the James from the 1980s, made in living in America. 
The James that was uh, in a high-speed chase. Then some look like James that was on that CNN <laughs> interview talking about <laughs> jam. Jam. <laughs> you are not okay. Shut up. We got to edit that. <laughs> no, we not. <laughs> Jam. <laughs> Y'all, help. Oh, God. All right. So now this segment. <laughs> Whew. All right, so Mirror Mirror. Yeah, what is Mirror Mirror, man? Yes, for those of you all who are new to our podcast, welcome. Shout out to you. Hello. So Mirror Mirror is where Chardin and I, we dig deep into the reality of the intercessor. It's where we do a introspective, reflective moment of what does it mean to be a intercessor, but also dig into the identity of the actual intercessor. One thing that we have realized is that oftentimes people, especially those that are millennial intercessors, don't necessarily have language for the things that they face, they experience, they encounter, or they feel. So this is our opportunity, if you will, to extend to you, to share with you the wisdom that we had to pay for. Absolutely. In light of the times and the seasons that we find ourselves in, we wanted to dedicate this segment to something that we like to coin the tragedy of a deaf intercessor. Listen, I think one of the most dangerous things to the body of Christ is a deaf intercessor. I, I dare say that a deaf intercessor is worse than an unbeliever because you are an individual who knows the ways of God, who is familiar with the presence of God, but you can't track or trace what the Lord is currently doing. You are absolutely dangerous. Listen, and being a deaf intercessor, one that cannot hear but tries to navigate mm-hmm. in the place of prayer is a direct byproduct of being a wordless intercessor. Mm-hmm. When you um, void your life or bankrupt your life uh, from the word of God, you empty your life of the word of God, you are essentially cutting your ears off. Mm-hmm. And how can you robo-shy machine gun tongues and judo chop in the spirit but you are empty of the word of God yeah. whose strength are you standing in whose strength are you standing in and oftentimes a intercessor who is void of the word of the Lord who's void of the movements of God I dare say that you enlist yourself in a level of warfare that you have not been vetted for And you open not only yourself to destruction, but you also open those that you have influence with and those that you have the responsibility to cover Mm -hmm. to levels of unnecessary warfare. So one of the things that I have identified to be true about a death 
intercessor is that deafness for the intercessor doesn't begin in the ear. It actually starts in the heart. Absolutely. This has everything to do with the posture of the heart. Heart posture insinuates intimacy. And an intercessor who has voided his or her life of authentic, raw, and pure intimacy with the true and living God, it makes me question what is being downloaded into your ears. Yeah, man. And what lens is it traveling through? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the book of Romans, it talks about, I believe it's Romans chapter 8, where the writer of Romans speaks of how we are conformed into the image of God's Son. Us being conformed into the image of Christ, it denotes intimacy. Whatever it is that you spend the most time with is the very thing that you're going to begin to act like, you're going to sound like, you're going to walk like, and you're also going to walk in the level of influence. So, intercessor, if you're spending time, more time with, you know, uh, your boo, your bae, other personalities, other celebrities, or you're spending time with perversion. Mm -hmm. Let's go there. You're spending time with gluttony. You're spending time with being a liar. All of that stuff is going to spill out of you, even in the area of intercession and prayer. That part. Yeah. Um, so what I do know is that if the, post if the hard posture of the intercessor is defected, then the ear of the intercessor will also be defected as well. The Bible tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, so does the mouth speak. So even in the area of intercession, when we stand in between both heaven and earth and we begin to uh, lay out and cover for an individual and pour our lives out unto the Lord, if we're not necessarily um, in a place to where we have the word of the Lord in our hearts, what we are speaking in that moment isn't the word of the Lord. And your Bible says that God watches over his word to perform it and to fulfill it. So, in a sense, if you're not speaking the word of the Lord, then what are you speaking? Who are you speaking for? That part. Um, it's very important to understand that the condition of your heart is the vehicle of prayer and intercession. It's the purity of your heart that puts feet on your prayers. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we are stalled out, not because we don't have the words of prayer and the quote unquote sound of prayer. It's because our heart postures are trash. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you can pretend you can fool the elite. But at the end of the day, the Lord sees your heart and he understands and he knows and he sees that you spend more time with Instagram, more time with Facebook, running through gossip. Yep. And that's a whole nother talk show. Gossiping intercessors. No, that's this talk show. Go for it. <laughs> because could it be that you running your mouth is what's leading to your deafness? We have made making people laugh become our God. We have made saying it and telling it like it is become our God. And the whole time there are promptings of Holy Spirit where Holy Spirit is literally telling you, hey, be quiet. Hey, don't say nothing. Hey, shut up. And we want to run off for the sake of a like, for the sake of a laugh, for the sake of an applause of men, many of us have turned our platforms and levels of influence into the idols that we worship. We feel as if that if I'm not the highlight or the flavor of tea this week, 
then I'm off my game or the enemy is coming up against me. No, sometimes you as an intercessor need to get somewhere, shut up, be quiet. Because the truth is, the purpose of an intercessor is to not be seen. That part, and under no circumstances, should an intercessor be synonymous with gossip or loose lips. Listen, listen. Close mouths. Do, do get, get fed. fed. Get somewhere and mind your business. Yeah. You should never, as an intercessor, have your name synonymous with being messy, yep. keeping up drama, and gossip. Yeah, yeah. And, and even when you discern things and you see things about people, hey, the truth is, ma'am, sir, you can be wrong. Don't run off with your mouth talking about somebody is a witch, somebody is a warlock, somebody is a sorcerer, somebody is this or that, because time has a way of bringing that thing back around to you full circle, and you have to eat crow's pie. You better learn how to vet what you sense, what you see, what you pick up, and Holy Spirit with mature people. Don't be out here talking about the spirit of the Lord showed me that Broderick and Charday eat lion and giraffe meat. Holy Ghost didn't show you that. You better run that by somebody else before you roll up on me talking about come out of there, giraffe meat eating demon. Don't do that. Run what you believe. And I know that I said it in a funny way, but I'm I'm being serious. Like, please, ma'am, please, sir, run what it is that you believe that you've seen, what it is that you've heard, run it by seasoned ears, or better yet, commit that thing to prayer. Because what I do know is that there is one Holy Spirit who was absolutely consistent. And if you picked up something in the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, and he would guide us into all truths. Submit that thing down to him in prayer and shut your mouth until he gives you the full revealing of that thing. Absolutely. And a lot of people are absolutely guilty of dressing up assumptions as revelation. My, no, my. Wait. No, ma'am. Say that again. Many of us are mm -hmm. guilty mm -hmm. of dressing up assumptions in revelation. Mm -hmm. It is not so. If that has not been vetted, if it cannot be grounded and found and traced with an origin in the word of God, sit down please, and shut your entire mouth. Please, Thank you so much. Please. And you wonder why it's so difficult to pray through and to plow through certain things. You're not working by way of revelation. Your discernment is actually suspicion. Mm. And that draws right back, traces right back to heart posture mm -hmm. and the calibration of your ears. Yeah. What's in your heart? One of the major wars that an intercessor will encounter is the war over the heart. Yes. Because the enemy understands that one of the greatest attributes of a seasoned intercessor is sensitivity. Mm -hmm. The Bible even talks about in Hebrews that we have not a high priest yes. that cannot be touched Touch with the feeling feelings. of our infirmity. Yes. yes. That uh, word 
um, feeling of our infirmity translates to, in Greek, to sympatheo, mm-hmm. where we get the English word sympathy, sympathy. from. Mm-hmm. Can you have sympathy and empathy for people, mm-hmm. but not using uh, the fact that you are an intercessor um, to have this elitist attitude that says, I'm better than you, or um, I have uh, information, I'm privy to information that you're not. No. No. That's absolutely pride. Yes. And you, sir and ma'am, again, sit down somewhere. Please. A prime example from the biblical text of that is Miriam. Miriam, Moses' sister, was an intercessor. Come on. Miriam's job was to see to it that Moses got to the place of what it was that God called him and destined for him to be in the earth realm. Miriam was a midwife. She served alongside of her mother. Miriam was the one that helped to build the reed basket that they placed Moses in. She was also the one that placed Moses in the river. And oftentimes, whenever we see bodies of water in the scripture, it has everything to do with spirit and the word. And that's a whole other conversation for a different day, right? Miriam, the scripture says that Miriam kept herself hidden behind the tall reeds as she watched Moses float. Intercessor, keep in mind, Miriam was the one that Pharaoh's daughter trusted Moses Two, to assist in his raising. She watched Moses poop in diapers. She watched Moses throw up. She watched Moses get chastised and get whoopings. She watched Moses grow up to be a musty little boy. She watched Moses grow up to be a teen. She watched him to finally being able to allow her brother who she placed in a reed basket in a river to now be her leader to walk her across the river. The purpose of the intercessor is oftentimes, is oftentimes to see to it that an individual eventually grows to become your leader. There was such a level of humility Miriam had to walk in, not saying that she was perfect, because the woman of God did have some issues, especially when Moses said that he was marrying the Ethiopian chick. She had her issues. But what I love about just looking at Miriam's process for what it was, she walked out the destiny of an intercessor from start to finish. She was there doing the conception. She was there doing the birthing. And she did not allow what she knew about her brother to usurp or upsurp his ability and authority to lead her. You have to submit to the spirit of humility, being an intercessor. An intercessor, we are selfless people. You're going to find yourself having to be committed to prayer assignments and and prayer moments and individuals that you feel like you are more anointed than. You feel like you are more graced than. But can you pour your life out in the area of prayer to see to it? That Holy Spirit uses that person, that individual, as an instrument of the Lord's warfare in the earth realm. Ain't about you, fam. That part. A great New Testament example of that is uh, Paul and Ananias. Mm -hmm. And Paul is blinded, waiting. The Lord literally says to him, wait here. Mm -hmm. And he then begins to speak to Ananias 
And instead of Ananias humbling himself to say, this is what you're instructing me to do. Let me go. Ananias literally begins to detail and run Saul's history. He persecutes the church. This man is dangerous. He's a loose cannon. Surely you cannot be telling me that my assignment now is to go to this man and to facilitate him receiving his sight. You've got to be kidding me. What do you do when the Lord instructs you to pray for and to pour your life out in prayer for people that you can't stand? Are you going to Mm -hmm. drop the assignment? Mm -hmm. Are you going to allow the audience and the people that they are assigned to that's waiting on their voice to miss them because you find them unpalatable, you don't like their disposition, Mm. you don't like what you have heard about them, Mm -hmm. not what you have seen, but what you have heard about them. Mm -hmm. How many assignments have we dropped? How many judgments did we not arbitrate in the courts of heaven because of what we have heard about people, Mm -hmm. not what we've seen with our own eyes, what we have heard? Mm -hmm. How many times have we allowed assumption that is dressed up in revelation to derail our assignments of intercession for houses, churches, pastors, leaders, whatever. How many times have we dropped lives because we're caught up in ourselves? We're caught up in our emotions. I don't feel like it. And it ain't about what you feel, fam. It's not about you. And contrary to what our generation promotes, Intercession has become the new buzzword. Mm -mm. Everybody wants to be an intercessor. We're out here with these machine gun tongues. And you out here judo chopping and he coming in a Honda and pulling down principalities and all of that. It's become popular. But again, intercessors, you are oftentimes faceless. You are oftentimes nameless. Yep. And when you get to a place where you want to enter into the secret place of prayer because you want to be known, you want to be seen, you want to be affirmed, that's a problem. You want to be patted on the back, it defeats the purpose. Mm -hmm. I dare say that the greatest weapon an intercessor has is being unknown. The secrecy, the, the, the hiddenness of who you are is what gives you the greatest advantage against the enemy. Intercessors, it's my prayer that 2019 be a strong year for your ear. It's my prayer that Holy Spirit of the true living God quickens and come alive in your ear gate and causes you to hear heaven like never before. And for those of you all that have desecrated your anointing, your mantle, your mandate for intercession and prayer, and you know who you are, you need to take this moment, take heed to this, repent, get that thing right, and become rededicated 
to what it is that the Lord has entrusted for you to do in the earth realm. We are the secret holders of the true and living God. And there are many things that the Lord needs to take place within the earth realm. And it is not happening because many of us are not on our post. Yes, it's true. God will never be without a witness. Yes, it's true. God will never be without um, a herald. But there are some things in the earth that only you can do. There are some things in the earth that only Sade can do. There are some things in the earth that only I can do, that heaven has entrusted for us to do. Get yourself together in this new year. Let that be your New Year's resolution. That your ears be open to hear Holy Spirit. Not another platform, not another engagement, not another opportunity, but for you to authentically hear the voice of the Lord. And as Sade said, first step in hearing the voice of the Lord is definitely you having a word life. Yeah. A word, you have to feed upon this Bible. You have to spend time with that thing. And then secondly, your place of worship, your place of intimacy, spending authentic time in the presence of the Lord. Get a journal and daily write notes and letters to the Lord. That's an act of prayer. That's an yeah. act of intimacy. Yeah. How about that? Sit down and write out your prayers. It's called list intercession. Sitting down and writing out your prayers. That's an assignment for some of you. This week, go out and purchase a journal that you fully dedicate solely to prayer and intercession and your time with the true and living God. And if this is your first time actually sitting down and writing out your prayers, I task you for the next 14 days to take 15 minutes out of every day. 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes before you go to bed to literally sit down and write letters to God in your journal. I promise you, over these next 14 days, if you do accept the challenge, you will see authentic growth and transformation in your spirit life. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is a testament to your foundation in the word of God because at the end of the day, God, by way of covenant, is contractually obligated to fulfill his words, not yours. Pray the word, mm -hmm. and you will see results. You'll see results, not, not just uh, in context to what you are praying about. You will see results in your life, in you. Oftentimes, we get prayer assignments, and our focus is to change what we see when God uses what we see to change us. Facts. Well, listen, thank y'all for tuning in to The Let Out. This was amazing. Um, I hope that you've gotten some type of nugget out of this and also some some laughs. That part. Uh, what's your social media, man? You yeah. Do this every week. Um, Instagram, I am at Broderick.McBride. So B-R-O-D-E-R-I-C-K dot M-C-B-R-I-D-E. And on Facebook, I am Broderick L. McBride. And what about you? On Twitter and Instagram, I am Shardemus. That's S-H-A-R-D-E-M-U-S. Facebook, don't even ask me. Um, I continue to say every episode that I'm maxed out. But what do y'all do? You friend me anyway. So, some of you are in Lodabar. I'm working on that. But you can like me, uh, Shardy Martin Unlimited. Thank y'all for listening to us. Thank you so much. Uh, don't send us no more hate mail. 
because we out here in these streets. Thank you so much, and uh, we out. All right. Bye, y'all. Amen.
I'm McBride. And I am Martin. And welcome to the let out. That part. <laughs>